In this episode, I'll be chatting to two of the team members who are responsible for the recently released Firefinch app. Fancy Peacock is one of South Africa's best-loved bird authors, and his books have become essential items for any birder's collection. I chatted to both him as well as Stefan Swat, the developer who helped put Fancy's ideas onto the Firefinch app. In the chat, we'll find out all about the app, finding out not only what it offers the user, but also the story behind the development of the app. Most of Fancy's well-known books are available on the Birding Life's online store at prices that you'll find hard to beat. On most items, we offer two to three days delivery. So, if you still need any of Fancy's books, check out the online store on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. Bring new life to your garden this spring with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed, a delicious seed mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden. Now available in a 10 kg bag plus 1 kg free. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westermans, for the love of birds. My name is Adam and this proudly South African podcast is your weekly source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books and well anything that we think birders will want to hear about. So, welcome to the show. There are two easy ways to support us that will cost you nothing to do. The first way is by telling someone else about the podcast. So, if you enjoy the content in the show, please share it with someone. The second way is by following this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it on and take some time to rate and comment on it. These two steps help us to grow the podcast and reach new listeners. Please drop us a direct message on any of our social media platforms or send us an email on info at thebirdinglife.com and tell us where you listen to the show from. We would love to get to know you better. So, let's get into this week's chat with Fancy and Stefan. So, like we already mentioned, we're going to be chatting all about the Firefinch app, which has just been released. A lot of excitement around it. Having a return guest, welcome back to the show, Fancy. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be back again and, and chat some more. And we're joined also by Stefan Swat, who is a developer of uh, of the Firefitch app. So it's good to have you joining us and welcome to the birding community. So a bit of a crazy bunch, but it's good to have you part, part of us. Thank you, Adam. It's been quite a ride and uh, I'm happy to be here. So, Fancy, just as a starting point, uh, I think everybody knows who you are. I'm not going to introduce you because like, you're like one of the most famous birders in South Africa, but can you just introduce the Firefinch team to our listeners? Sure, Adam. So, Stefan Swart, he's the, he's the developer, he's the coding genius who, does, who sort of transforms all my ideas into, into, into code so that it actually works. And then Stefan's brother, Ebi, Ebi Swart, he's the user experience expert. So he makes the app look beautiful, basically. And he comes up with all the creative ideas. And then the, the fourth member of our team is Anton Krier. Anton is the principal photographer for the app. And he also drew all the maps. And he's sort of the, he's a sort of a business genius. So he does all the financial stuff and the, and the business side of things. So Stefan, one thing I was very interested in you, this is the first birding app that you've worked on. So can you give us some insights into birders that you've noticed while you worked on the app? So as an outsider, what are birders like? Tell us. <laughs> well, one, one experience that totally stood out for me was the, the, Marion, the trip to Marion. Um, and I, we might touch on that later in, in a bit more depth. But what was fascinating was to observe the observers. Because that's something that a birder is. A birder is some, someone that loves to observe birds 
Um, and my brother and I, on that trip, we were the observers of the observers. So it felt like we were anthropologists in some way, getting into this subculture of, of humans. Um, but in general, birders are very friendly um, and very passionate about this birding thing. And yeah, very helpful, I must say. It's, it's coming from the, the software community in, in the professional world, the software community is quite a tight-knit community. And it was very nice to also find another community, the birding community, also very open and helpful towards each other and always there to, to give a hand if someone wants some help or advice. Did you know anything about birds before you came to this? Because I actually know, going back to my story before I started birding, quite a funny story. Uh, I think Francie's going to secretly judge me. And I actually sent my pic, my one friend a photo of a bird. And I said, this is when I first started. And I said, what bird is this? And I, I didn't even know what an Egyptian goose was. That was literally what it helped me identify. That's how raw I was. So how much did you know about birds and birding? And, and how did you learn more about the world of birding because I can imagine you almost had to in the developing of the app you had to understand how birders think and and also understand birds I knew very little uh, I, I grew up my brother and I we grew up on a farm growing up with farmers they would know like this little bird or that bird but no it, it was a totally new world that opened for both of us when when we were introduced to to the world of fancy yeah and and Something that I didn't realize is how big a, a gamified thing birding is also. So, so the birders love to collect things like memories and they have these things called life lists. We were like, what? You're what? <laughs> oh, my life list. And yeah, so, but, but since then, very unforced, um, I've definitely learned a lot. So I, I still haven't sat down and said, okay, now I want to know more about birds. But just reading all Fancy's posts and what things that he writes and just seeing the plates in front of me has definitely broadened my horizons. And I've, I've definitely grown a deep appreciation of what it is to be a birder. Sorry, I was just thinking that Ebi, um, um, who is Stefan's brother, he said he, he actually listened to your podcast quite a bit. Adam, to get the to get a sort of a inside inside insight into what um, birders are really like, you know. Well, that's quite cool because Fancy, you know, you've played a huge role in my personal birding journey. You know, I probably understand LBJs and waders a little bit better. Uh, I use the word a little bit because they are still nemesises and or terrible birds to understand sometimes. But I've understood them a little bit better through your book, so it's quite nice that you know I've played a small part in this app, and that's quite exciting. So that's pretty cool. I'm pretty happy to hear that. Yeah, that's definitely something something that we got from your podcast. Um, Abby specifically mentioned a few times is people have these initial stories of what got them hooked um, into birding, and that that's been really special. And he shared a few of the people's stories with with the rest of the teams. Of the, of the team. Yes, in your case, that was, that was a Egyptian goose, right, Adam? That is your magic moment. <laughs> well, one of my first ever birds, I don't know if I told you the story, one of my first ever birds, so I went birding in Johannesburg. The next day I come back and I went birding at a place called Kenneth Steinbank, which is just about 20 kilometers from where I stay. 
I went birding and I had this little McIndrick, this little point and shoot camera. And I saw this bird on the top of the tree and I got a photo and I didn't had no idea what bird it was. So I get him and I had a friend who was helping me that time and I'd send him the pictures and he'd help me identify. The same guy helped me identify the Egyptian goose, but take a picture of this bird. First day I got birding by myself and he says, you won't believe what bird you've just seen. You've seen an arena, an arena trogan. Oh no, man. <clears throat> You're going to lose listeners with a statement like that. <laughs> so the first day, it took me a long time to see my next one. So on my on my phone at the moment, I've got like five birding apps. So in terms of birding apps in the Southern African market, there's even actually number six now with the BirdScan app. There's a whole lot of apps that have been that are on the market. We're quite spoiled for choice. I mean, not just apps, but really good birding apps. So, you know, just to start with, how does Firefinch differ from other apps? Uh, yes, well, I, I, th- I, th- I think in that um, on that point, I think us South Africans also just spoiled with birding literature in general. I mean, we've got so many good field guides and books. It's crazy. So it's perhaps not surprising that we've also got various apps um, to work with. I think what sets Firefinch apart is that it's not a static once-off thing that you buy. It's not a it's not a book in app form. Essentially, it's it was a app that it was developed as an app from the start. Um, so that's the one thing, and then it's a it's a subscription-based app, right? So that means it's constantly updated. So every day, every second day, you get new information, articles, interviews, posts. If there's a new bird recorded in the region, it's pretty much automatically updated. I mean, <clears throat> so when that laughing gull was recorded in Mossel Bay, I mean, we managed to get it onto the app within a matter of hours. So essentially, we, we're building a community. It's still early days, but later we want to involve people in the app. So it's, it's back and forth. You know, you can contribute, you can write something, share your favorite photographs or whatever so it's um it's getting a whole community together um and going forwards from there i would say so fancy over the years you've done a lot of great birding books and i mean there's the lbj the waiters book uh, i've still got i finally managed to get your puppet book in my collection which i'm really excited about and also managed to get your Gauteng birding book eventually i know there's an update coming along the way but i managed to get it at a book table which is really cool got it for 10 rand that's quite cool i was quite <laughs> quite excited about it but you know a lot of great great birding books so where did the idea for the app come from you know adam i think the idea has always been there i mean <clears throat> long before the, the the seed of the app was planted i, I was already collecting bird sounds and m- jotting down ideas and making notes and, and and so on so i think the the idea of the app was very organic in a way it's sort of just it's sort of the next step um after after all these books and then, you know, my friend Anton Kriya, he approached me the one day um, and said, no, he met these two uh, software developers and have I ever thought about an app? And that and, and it sort of just clicked. Everything just fell in place. Um, and it was sort of uh, serendipitous that the, that the app came about in that fashion. Yeah, and we, um, so Anton uh, approached me first. We were friends and he said um, he wants to pitch this idea to me. And then we, I said, I'll, I'll be in if I can bring my brother along <laughs> because I knew where my weak points were and my brother could, could help out with the user experience side of things. Yeah, then we thought we would put this pitch together and we pitched to Fancy and we gave him a, a day or so to simmer on it. And then he replied with a PDF. I, I can't remember how many pages, but... It was way too much to take in with all his ideas that he's been that that's been simmering all these years. So we were just like, 
wow, we can work with someone like that. <laughs> so it's definitely an, an, an idea that came from multiple places and at the right time, at the right moment came together. Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of sort of false starts along the way. You know, I've, we've, I've looked at various proposals and come up with plans and ideas. You know, some businesses, um, they really fail to launch, but this one, it just felt right. You know, just the right combination um, of people, the right timing and so on. And through the, you know, it's been, what, three and a half, four years that we've been working on this. Um, and we've actually become very good friends. You know, we Skype once a week. And unfortunately, I live down in the Cape Well, the other three guys in Pretoria. So we don't see each other face to face. You know, often we'll work late at night and we'll just put Skype on in the background. Sort of just to have some company, uh, even if it is only a digital company, but still. Fancy, one thing about yourself is you've got, you're very, and I'll let you describe this in your own words, but you've got a very distinctive style of writing and art and there's a there's almost like a fancy approach like in terms of the way you've um your lbj books and your waiters books that people have have grown to love over the years and i think this is why your books have done so well over the years and you know you've you've made your your writing is you're able to provide material that more experienced birders enjoy while at the same time also having material that newer birders are able to use and to understand these birds better you know firstly how would you describe your approach to birding and your approach to putting together books and and your art and that type thing and then secondly how has that come through in the app so if somebody gets this thing because i really believe the biggest selling point for this app is fancy it's who who you are and 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 how you how you approach birding and how you approach sharing your knowledge of birds and how has has that come across in the app just before Fancy answers that, I'm so glad you 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 mentioned that, Adam. Fancy was very, very modest, I think, when he said what sets the spot app apart from the other apps, because I also believe that his whole style of illustration and and his, the way he he simplifies things for mere humans like myself um, really makes the app very approachable and he's he's really refined his style over the years. Yeah, Adam, I, I mean, you know, I've got a sort of scientific background um, with a degree in zoology and all of that. So I, I see myself very much as a go-between, sort of a translator between the scientific community and the general public. You, you know, birding, well, ornithology can, can become very complicated very quickly. And I mean, I do enjoy that. I mean, this whole week I was doing research into sort of sub-generic classification of Congolese birds in the 1920s. You know, that, that sort of hyper-specific stuff is what I enjoy. But even more than that, I enjoy assimilating knowledge and, and spreading it, in, in, you know, under the general public. And that includes kids. I mean, there's that, the whole kids' book um, and sort of more all the, all the sort of more advanced levels, you know. And I always think that at the end of the day, birding is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be complex or intimidating or difficult or technical. It's just supposed to be, I mean, if you look out the window and you see a bird and you enjoy it, you're birding, right? So to me, that's the crux of the thing. It's just to to make it as, as, as fun as possible. You know, and, and also birding on your own is great. I mean, if you're out there in, in, in the bush and you're doing intensive studies and that, but it's also very much a, a social uh, science. It's a very community-driven thing. Um, so over the years, you know, everyone makes their birding friends, their birding buddies, and they've got all these stories that they share. And it's, it's really just an excuse to get out there and have adventures. And we're really hoping that Firefin sort of cap- captures that, 
that vibe, that whole um, fun birding experience. So you've written a lot of books over the years, like we've already mentioned, but obviously putting together an app is quite different. So can you chat us a little bit through the development process of this app? Where should we start, Stephen? I think I think maybe a good place to start is you know just after we decided we wanted to do it, wanted to do an app, there was the um, African Bird Fair, um, the one in Joburg. This was now just before COVID and all of that. And then we basically went to the bird fan and asked people, we said, well, we want to build a bird app. What should we do? And we had these giant um, sticker boards, like these little, uh, w- w- these uh, vision boards where people could put post-its with ideas. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? This is a good idea. No, that won't work. You know, that sort of thing. And we had the, all these um, boards where people could vote by using colored stickers. So you, you, you got a sticker depending on your sort of classification, whether you a non-birder or a beginner or an expert, or whatever, you've got a different colored sticker. And then people would say, well, as an expert, I'm interested in this aspect, but I don't really care about that. Or, you know, so from that, we gathered a whole lot of data. And that data was the sort of starting point with all of it. Once we got back into the office, Stefan, um, he made us take these, what do you call them, personality tests or, or temperament tests to determine like our strong points and our weak points. So we understood how we uh, function together as a team. So there's a very deep sort of psychological basis to the whole thing before we actually even started doing anything. And then what, what did we do then, Stefan? We made that giant um, inspiration board, right? Yeah, I think just uh, on, on the personality test things. What does it take to, to build an app um, and what's that, what's it, it's, it's a highly, highly collaborative effort. Um, and that's why the weekly calls are so important. The understanding each other as people is so important. Knowing where, you know, where each one fits in, not just your role as, you know, your, your function, functional role in, in this group, but also, um, like who's the one that's going to come with the ideas and who's the one that's going to say, no, it can't work. And, you know, <laughs> and, and having space for all those voices, I think that's so, so important and very easily um, overlooked. Um, but everybody has, has worked well in that regard. So the whole thing about the voting was also to keep, because we've, we had that, massive pdf full of ideas and we had all this feedback from from the bird fair but but we what we we needed to start somewhere and i think from the beginning we've really driven excellence you know so what fancy's work is known for the quality of what he produces and we just wanted to make sure that the app also communicates that yeah, so we, we said, okay, let's rather start with the ba- get the basics right, like the navigation. Um, and I'm sure, Adam, you've used the app yourself. It's very easy to get to the right bird. And we put a lot of effort into that. I think we're on our fourth or fifth redesign. <laughs> it took us months to choose the color and the, and the logo and things like that to, to get it right and to make sure that we're all happy with it and we can go forward with that so we have this massive we use software called Miro, which, which is like a whiteboarding tool um, where we put all our ideas and we can collaborate on that and as we decide on the what what the next feature is we work together to get to where we're happy my brother does some user research he goes 
and listens to podcasts and talks to people and brings that back. And yeah, we try to iterate a lot. Even if we've done something, we've built it, but someone like feels, okay, it's just not there yet. We iterate again um, and we accept that as our process. Um, and still now, I, I'm quite certain that a year from now, the app will not look the same that it's looking now because we're getting so much feedback. Very helpful community again, uh, getting daily emails about things not working or, you know, a small thing, thing missing. And then we have the opportunity to fix that for the people and give them feedback. And I think also the community appreciates that. Then, you know, it feels like it's not something that's built by robots. It's actual people behind this. Um, and the Fancy's brand is also like that. You know, it's very personal, fun thing. So, yeah, I'd say that's a bit of the process. It's There's the human side and the technical side and the birding side, bringing all that together on a very regular basis. There's, you know, we, we use this tool... Um where we graph, basically draw a graph where we plot the impact that a feature would would have uh, versus the effort that it would make to uh, require to make that feature. So, I mean, we've we got lists of hundreds of ideas and features, if not thousands of, of plans down the line. But, you know, some of them are, are really intense to execute and that, that have minimum change. Whereas what you're looking for is something that will have a big change, but that's fairly easy to to execute, so we start with those, and then um, over time we we build in the more the more complicated things. I was quite excited to see that uh, Yandre Fuster was part of helping you check the app, and that I was actually looking in your your acknowledgements and your thank yous. It was quite cool. He's a really fantastic young birder, very knowledgeable for his age, and yeah, uh, Yandre's been so excited about the app. It's been really sort of inspirational. He he keeps sending these these messages of you know he's so excited, he can't wait. So yeah, thanks, Yandre. Yeah, we got a. We've actually got a, a group for all of our Birding Life ambassadors, and yeah, he's been pumping the app across there, and so really excited about it. And he's a great ambassador, not just for us, but also for for the Five Inch app, and he's doing a really, really fantastic job there. So, Fancy, you're a, again. We've spoken about the fact that you're a bird artist. I've got your picture of a plain back puppet on my wall. Still looking for that for my local area this year. So it's like every time I look at it, it's kind of it's it's exciting, but it's also a reminder that I still need to get that for my year my year list for. For, for my local area. Um, so tell us a little bit about the plates on the app. Yeah, Adam, if you if you want to decorate your house with a picture of a plain backed pippet, I mean, even the name is boring of that thing, but okay, that's that's your choice, I guess. Yeah, the artwork is definitely the by far the biggest um, job for me, at least initially, um, producing artwork for um, close to a thousand species. I mean, at the outset, the plan was to use the the artwork in the kids' book, which was seven hundred and twenty odd birds. But very soon, that that fell through, and I just redid everything. And I really feel like this is the I've finally gotten to a point in my sort of artistic career where I can put on paper what's in my head. You know, um, sort of my it's it's now sort of muscle memory for me to draw these things. So so it's more. More and more getting a vision of what I want on the paper at the end of the day and then just executing it. Um, and it's been particularly fun drawing these sideline, these vignettes or thumbnails, you know, these little illustrations of the birds doing what they do, you know, um, in their habitats or doing some sort of behavior or, or whatever. Those, those have been fun. I mean, the, the straightforward identification field guide style illustrations are quite sort of technical and specific and you know, I have to count the number of feathers and the posture has to be perfect and the proportions and all that 
but I can get a little bit more creative, a little bit more artistic with these um, extra uh, additional illustrations. And people seem to really enjoy them. I think I, I, I think they put the bird in context. You know, they sort of change it from um, just an illustration on a page to a living creature that can actually fly off the page at any moment. Uh, so the illustrations have been fun, but very hard work, I must say. It's, I've, these last three, four years have been super intense, and I've just... I can't wait to to actually get some income from this app so I can go outside and see some real birds instead of just looking at study skins and um, reference photos of them on a computer. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I loved on the app and speaking about the plates is just going through it was I, uh, sometimes swifts can be a little bit difficult. And I remember on the one one of the plates with the swifts, you showed the top of the tails and you showed the difference between, I think it was a little swift, uh, the white rum swift and the, the horror swift. And it was quite nice that you actually had the, that, that differentiation. And I know like... And I think there's a lot of those things. As I'm going through the app and I'm seeing birds on the field, I'm opening the app up and checking, you know, the features that the app has. And I think that's really awesome in terms of not just it doesn't just offer things for the experienced birder, but even for for newer birders. There's a there's a whole lot of really fantastic tools which 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 again just reflect your style and how you you know how you've done birding over the year and how you how your how your books have been put together. So, Stefan, you you spoke about how the app has developed, you know, over the last couple of years, and uh, you said every year from now it'll probably be quite different. So, on the the BirdLife South Africa flock to Marion cruise, we were given a taste of the the Firefinch app. So, how, how much has the app changed since then, and and how much more does the paid version offer? Yeah. So the the first thing we had about, and I think Fancy correct me, but uh, we had about a hundred bird species on the the flock to marion version it was all just in in one group um all grouped together now we have what 994 almost a thousand species um so that's the the most obvious <laughs> part of it but then the the dawn chorus posts of fancy that that he does very regularly that's a major feature for us um i mean that's that's getting you know, some of the best writing about birds on a very regular basis. Yeah, we've enhanced lots of small things as well, like enhanced the, the searching functionality, made sure that the people that were on the Marion trip also kept their lifers um, <laughs> because this is... Uh, seems to be an important thing for birders. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so, and and a, a, a lot of very small things that that people might not notice because people don't notice things when they are working. <laughs> uh, it's only when they're not working where people notice. But definitely, the, all that navigation um, is also a, a big thing. Just as as one example, Adam, you know the. Um like, like each family has a little introduction where, it's, where it basically says like what, what these birds eat and how their nests look and where they occur. And that's just a very sort of basic thing. I mean, just writing those introductions, that's 120 pages of text, just, just the family introductions that sneaks in there. I mean, when, when you initially open Firefinch, you sort of be ask like, where is the text? You know, I see the plates, I see photos, but there's no like where we can I read. But we essentially tricking people into we hiding all the text that you need in in places where it's where you almost don't realize that you're learning. I mean that's that's the whole idea. So so birds have got little speech bubbles and annotations in there. So instead of having to read through a whole paragraph to to find the information you need, it's all it's all there in visual form. I mean that's the that's the whole idea. Yeah, and all, also like with the 
900 extra species. We're talking about 900 extra of everything. 900 times five photos, 900 new plates, 900, you know, mini maps and big maps and seasonal bars. And we've got about 600 MP3s with the, the sonograms that, that we might yeah, expand on. But, you know, it's that, that's the thing with this app. So if, if you want to put one thing extra per bird, it's a thousand of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a pity we don't, we don't live in, uh, in the northern hemisphere, hey? To all your American and British listeners, and we could have knocked this thing out quickly because we only have a couple of hundred birds. As always, the Birding Life is proud to be associated with Sarofsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. So Fancy, you're one of those guys that's strange enough to love bird sound. It's like one of the most difficult parts of birding. I still struggle with bird calls, but the app has got quite a unique approach to bird calls, and I love the way you've done it. So I don't know if you can just chat a little bit about how the app handles calls and a little bit differently to other apps are. So there's a little, it's a little bit more of a fun aspect and things that will, uh, helps people remember what they hear listen to also. Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, um you know, I think we we've, we're very picky about the sounds that we do include in the app. So we it's all very high quality stuff. It's it's not just any sort of um, any noisy recording that you can find anywhere on the internet. Um, so it's so it's very high quality stuff, and I've taken a lot of effort to make sure that we representing all the well, not all, but I mean a, a significant uh, uh, part of a bird's vocalization. So we've got songs and, and alarm calls and contact calls, and it's all. It's all presented in that format, but I think the main um, distinction between Firefinch um, and and conventional ways of pre- presenting sound is that we combine the visual and the audio side of things. So we've got the the sound playing, but while it's playing, you're seeing a, a sonogram or a spectrograph, if you prefer, which is like a visual plot of the sound that the bird is making. So you're essentially connecting your ears and your eyes, and that seems to something some sort of neuron seems to fire when that happens. So that helps to learn the bird calls very quickly. I've also made it sort of quite personal in a way. So if you while those sonograms are scrolling past, you'll see there's lots of annotations and notes and things. So I'll tell a story while this is happening. So I'll say, well, I was standing here, but the mosquitoes were biting me, and then this owl flew right past the mic. You can hear its wings. You're right at this point. Can you hear it? It's very personal. It sort of puts the listener right there in the field with with the annotations. And then instead of sort of cropping things away, we've decided to keep all the background sound and actually annotate them. So we'll say, oh, here's a fly buzzing past the mic, or... You can hear dogs barking in the background. My kids are calling me, you know, at, at 37 seconds or whatever. So it's, it's been quite fun making these sonograms, sort of reliving all those experiences. At the end of the day, we, you know, it's, um, the sound component of birding is, is as important as the visual part. So this, it, and it, I agree with you, it's a very difficult thing. It's like learning a whole new language, right? But we're trying to make it as fun as possible, the whole process. And that comes back to the point, Fonsi, you were making about hiding things in plain sight 
in the app you know it's it's not like opening this textbook and then deciding okay i want to now read everything and learn everything about this the learning happens while you're having fun in that um, i mean just playing with that uh, sonogram or spectrograph um, swiping left and right and reading the annotations the, the learning happens by itself um, it's it it's really a fun way to engage with the experience of, of being a birder. Yeah, I think that's also where our, uh, our motto comes in. So the, the motto that we chose for the app is um, facts, fun, and feathers. So, so, you know, you're learning, but you're having fun, and feathers is the, the bird component. So that, that's all sort of our core values right there. So one of the biggest comments that some people have had is the cost of the app and also mentioning that the fact that it's a subscription model so how do you justify the cost of the app? Yeah, this has been quite a, a, a discussion point. At the end of the day, you know, we, we, we've built this business and we see it as a long-term venture and we see it as a collaboration with the user. So the user almost becomes a partner in the thing. So we want to draw people in to contribute and discuss and give feedback and so on. So it's not just... Something we developed and we put it on the market and now it's out and we, we, we're done with it and now we're just sitting, sitting back and getting money in. We, and because users are then paying a monthly or a yearly fee to be subscribed to the service, they, they expect a constant, constant innovation, constant new features, constant information coming through. And that's, that's fair enough. I mean, that's the, that's the plan. That's the deal. So I'm writing these articles that are coming out every day or every second day. We're adding new stuff, we're updating the taxonomy, we're building in new features. It's, it's a constant, uh, it's constantly changing. Um, and because, I mean, this is my full-time um, occupation and because we're a team of, of people, we need, we need to finance it somehow, you know, purchase additional sounds from overseas of all these vagrants and, and non-breeding birds. There's lots of costs involved uh, in building an app. You know, a lot of people say, well, I've got a fantastic idea for building an app and they approach a development company. And the developer says, well, that, that's a great idea. Have you got $2 million in, in capital to put down for this thing? And at the end of the day, it is, it is a massive amount of work. We feel that that justifies the price, the constant innovation. It's not a, like I said earlier, it's not a once-off static, there you go. It's, it's a partnership. And just maybe to expand on how, you know, from a technical point of view, how close this partnership is also with the, with the users. I get a notification every time an app crashes. Um, so <laughs> when the user experiences the pain I do, and then I'm driven to, to fix that. Um, I'm, I'm not even, not just incentivized. I feel like it's my responsibility as, as developer of this app because people are, have a choice every month to continue with us or not. Um, so I, I see that as a huge benefit to, to the user. And that's in the end, you know, if, if, if we're serious about wanting to build a community, we need to, feel the joys that the community does and feel the pain that the community does. And that makes it something that, that we can build together. Yeah, so one of the features of the app is regular blog posts that are available to subscribers. So Fancy, where does the inspiration for the regular articles come from? And how will you subs how will you sustain this the content being produced over the years and the years to come? Adam, I am not concerned in the least with that. Um, I've been burning for 35 years and I still feel like I've only just scratched the surface, you know. It's so basically what I've been doing is on my phone every time there's some sort of random thought that pops into my head, some sort of question: How does this work? Or how does 
How does a chick breathe inside an egg? Or what does that abbreviation mean? Or where did this bird get its scientific name? Any sort of thing like that. I, I just plot down and I'll say, okay, I'm going to do research about this later um, and then put it on the app. And, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of writing through my career, but now I've actually got the opportunity. I've sort of created this portal where I can actually make a living out of doing research and, and publishing on birds and sort of not the not sort of technical peer review journal papers, but applicable and accessible information for the general public. And I've got this list that I've, that I've been keeping on my phone. It's literally hundreds and hundreds of topics that I... And, and now the problem is more a case of, I don't know where to start. Which one do I want to tackle first? Where am I going to, you know, where, which which topic do we delve into first? So it, it's, I'm very excited to be able to start this writing journey. And then you spoke about the fact, and uh, Stefan touched on this earlier, that even a year from now, the app might be quite different. And there's a whole lot of ideas you, you guys have got for the future. So can you share any upcoming features that are in development at the moment? Well, we've we've... We received a lot of uh, requests already um, since the beginning, and we we don't want to. Uh, as we said, we're on a we're a very iterative approach, so so we don't want to say this is our roadmap and we'll we'll stick to that. It's really what's what's the, the what's the going to be the highest impact with the least amount of effort, so that we can continuously improve on that. Um, one obvious thing that that I think we can mention that that won't be fast uh, to the market, but that we'll definitely have to um, address is, is a uh, more comprehensive listing feature. Um, that's something that yeah, almost, uh, I'd say, every second user is asking for and that we are taking seriously and uh, yeah, have, have started conversations about and so on. Um, but again, we, we even if we do that, we don't just want to do what's out there. We, we want to make sure that it's really addressing the the deep need of our users. So still a lot of research that we want to put in. What is funny though, every time we, <laughs> my brother and I, we, so, so Fancy will say, okay, he thinks this is how it should work. And then we do all our user research and we conclude that the way Fancy said is probably the way we should do it. <laughs> uh, but in the journey, we, you know, it, it's also a journey of getting us on board and helping us understand why is this so important for, for birders. Yeah. A lot of apps at the moment have the, this new AR technology to identify photo, uh, what birds are in photos and also, also bird call, uh, sounds and that kind of thing. So is that something that you guys are looking at introducing in the future? Yeah, you know, Adam, I, I did a trip to um, to Brazil a few years ago to go birding there um, in that uh, Atlantic rainforest biome, and you know, I learned I learned um, Portuguese like instantly before I went there. Just I, it took me a few seconds to learn it because I just downloaded an app and I could speak Portuguese. So it was amazing. So I think you know I'm joking around now, but I think for us identifying birds through AI, I mean, it's got its place and it's, it's useful and sort of passive monitoring and, and all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, we want to help people learn the skill of, of identifying birds. And we don't believe that the way to do it is that a computer or an app does it for you, which is why I said with, the, with you know, learning a new language, it takes effort. It's not easy. You have to start with the basics and work your way up and practice, practice, practice and immersion and all of that. 
Um, so we don't, it's never really been our focus to just have this sort of party trick where the app identifies a photo for you. And also, I mean, what sort of percentage of birds that you're seeing are you actually getting decent enough photos of? I mean, maybe one in every 10 birds that you see out in nature, you can get a picture of. The rest are just flying past or calling in the canopy or whatever. So no, um, I think, I well, I won't say never, I won't, you know, never say never, but I'd I think that's not really our focus, the machine learning and the AI sort of uh, side of things. We really want to empower people to do to do it for themselves. Yeah, if I can just use it like a small example, when I want to identify a bird and I put it on our little Firefringe group, neither Fancy nor Anton will give me the answer. They would say, okay, go look at this thing and go look at that thing and um, notice this. And then they make me have, like, I have to go search for it Um, because they know that's how I get in, you know, really involved and how, how the love for birding forms. So one of the reasons that people obviously buy the app is because they want to identify birds. So you, you were speaking about that, that you want to help people on that journey to identify birds. So, you know, Fancy, let's, let's say I was a brand new bird. I've, I, you know, I'm new in this and I decide to buy the Firefinch app. What tools does the app have to help me to identify birds? How, how, does, how would that journey look like? Because, you know, I, I remember when I first started birding, I had a Roberts Field Guide. And it's, 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 a, it's a guide I use a, a lot right now. But I remember I used to kind of paid through the book and started the beginning and get to the end. And half the time, I wouldn't even know what I looked at. And, you know, field guides aren't always the easiest way to start. So what what tools does the app provide to especially help newer birders with that identification process? No, unfortunately, Adam, I think you were on the right track by just paging through the book. I think that's what it comes down to. It's just that sort of visual assimilation. Um, so Five Finch does pre- uh, present everything very visually. <clears throat> like, we, like we said, the text, there's not a whole lot of text that you have to sift through to get to the answer. <clears throat> We've divided the birds into 12 groups that are very straightforward. I mean, they come from the, the kids' book. So it's like swimmers. So if you see something swimming, then it's a swimmer. If you see something flying, then it's a fly, a flyer. So perchers, runners, seed eaters, swimmers, um, so once you're into, into those groups, it's a, it's a matter of finding the right um, family and then the right species. But it's all sort of um, very visual and very easy, made, uh, made as, as simple as possible. I mean, we did, you know, with the kids' book, I didn't include, for example, female windows and sunbirds and things. It was all the, 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 the basic colorful stuff. So we go, we go a lot deeper in Firefinch. All the information you would need, um, you would expect from a standard field guide is there. And then we're also developing some some features um, that will simplify things for you, sort of advanced indexing feature um, and things like that. Does that answer your question? Yeah, and I think like just using the app, it has been really accessible. I think newer birders will enjoy the app. You know, I, I do get you saying, you know, even just spending time just going through the plates and just taking in in the visuals. I think there's something that happens, something that hopefully clicks when you you see something on the field. Yes, exactly. But it's sorry, Adam, but it's also it's not uh, the focus is not only on identifying birds. I mean at the end of the day it's also about learning about birds and enjoying birds and appreciating birds. So there's a lot of sort of biology and ecology and uh, you know sort of fascinating insights into the life of birds. So even if you if you don't care what the name of a thing outside your window is, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can you can read that app like like um, or watch it like you would a documentary on the on the on the TV, you know. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, I had this thought a while ago, you know, there's a lot of people that, that know enough to identify a bird or to find a bird, but they don't know enough to actually understand that bird. And I've actually just reading, finished reading Ken Kaufman's book, the, the book he wrote, all those, um, Kingbird Highway. And just how he was challenged on the journey where he, he met some really great bird and these guys all went and ticked off this weight and they're all like, oh, we've seen this mega rarity and this guy went and spent a week there and he was like, why did the guy spend a week? And he started looking at this guy's field notes and as he discovered by the end of the week, this guy was like, no, this is just a bird with oil on it. And he literally, hundreds of birders are gone and just put a tick on their list. He actually, he, he knew the bird intimately and he said it, it really challenged him to get past this thing of almost having a superficial understanding of a bird to getting to a place where you have a deeper understanding of the bird and the features. And I think that's what you're almost saying. It's not just, you know, just not just getting a tick on your list, but understanding the bird on a deeper level, which I think, you know, if it's just about ticking birds on a list, I think eventually birding becomes maybe a little bit boring because there's only so many birds you can tick. And it's almost that that deeper understanding that it keeps your, keeps your birding interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, now, you know, on the West Coast now, it's springtime, so it's all wildflowers and it's wonderful, but it's also the breeding cycle for, for most of the pastoral birds here. So I've been going out every afternoon and sort of just looking, finding nests. So I would, you know, each, each afternoon I would, I'll go out and I'll find the same pair of whatever large belt larks or whatever, and I'll sit and, and watch them. And because they're nesting, they, they, they're very suspicious of me. So they won't allow me to come close. So from far away, I watch them through binoculars. Now for hours, you can see, like, well, that's the male, that's the female, now they're doing this. Oh, that, that call means that. They, they're communicating this or this to each other. And, you know, so it's, it's like you say, it's, it's, um, it's birding on a deeper level. You, you get to know birds on, on almost individual level. It's really, really fascinating. It's a, it's a, a whole new insight. And I think the, the app is also something that it's like when you, when you watch a cartoon as a kid and then you watch the same cartoon as an adult, it's like totally different meaning, and I, and I feel like the the app also facilitates that. You can you can read what's what it says now, and a few years from now you can read the same thing, and it's it's gonna have more to tell you. There's all these nuggets that again hidden in plain sight that that you'll find as you learn more about birds. So we've spoken about understanding birds deeper. So, Stefan, I'm going to give you a chance for the readers to understand Fancy a little bit better and to understand how Fancy ticks. So as you worked with Fancy as a birder, an ornithologist, an author, an artist, there obviously have been some really awesome moments. And I want to ask you to tell us what were those, what has been the, some of the highlights of working with Fancy on the app? And secondly, what have been some of the challenges? Because I'm sure there have been some challenges. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great question, Adam. Um, it's first of all, it's it's been a real privilege because I'm I've been a, a student of mastery. So the you know like what it, what does it mean to become a master in your craft? Um, and what a privilege to be able to work with one of the masters of not just the birding craft, but also being you know an artist and a writer. Fancy has such a deep appreciation of craft as as a scene as a thing and i think that's also made it easy to work with him because he also understands that you know it looks easy on the surface coding you know what i do or doing the designs what my brother do does um or just you know the, the 
getting the right photo is what what Anton does, but he, he understands the depth even by just seeing that. And I think um, it's something that I felt very appreciated. I, I've really felt appreciated by Fancy and, and, and respected. Yeah, and yes, sometimes he can be a pain in the house uh, <laughs> because of the quality thing, you know. Um, but it's also something I do appreciate and also buy into. Uh, so I think that even even the things that I think might be difficult for some to work with him is some things that I also appreciate about what he brings. Um, and he's got tremendous focus, you know, like be able to to draw these things for four years, you know, like eight hours a day, takes a lot of focus. Uh, and with that focus, he doesn't respond to WhatsApp messages immediately. And sometimes two days. <laughs> um, but we, we, we take it with a package because we know he's doing something that's going to add a lot of value to the app. So if I really need to get hold of him, I'll call his wife. <laughs> and uh, she'll she'll help um but yeah so i, I think there, there's definitely a deep appreciation across the board and and not just him you know like ebi has brought his expertise um user experience and anton has also brought the lifetime of photographs and curating photographs and cropping photographs and annotating these things so i i think there's a there's a deep thing about mastery in, in this whole. And, and I really feel like we've created a masterpiece. And when I, when, when I tell people like what part did I play, I said, I built the gallery <laughs> so that we can put in Fancy's masterpieces. Um, and it is really like that. And sometimes when Fancy would show us one of the plates that he painted, your mouth would literally fall open, you know, like, you put in all that effort <laughs> um, and um, yeah, but, but it's, it's again, it's, it's so much detail. So, so much care has gone into this that might go unnoticed at first glance. Uh, but as people start to use the app more and more, we, we really believe that people will appreciate what, what's really gone into it. Yeah, and then just uh, shortly from your side, Fancy, how's it been working with a team of developers? Because obviously it's quite a different feel to what you've normally been working on or with people that you've normally been working with. Yeah, Adam, I'm, um, the, the software development thing, is, it's, quite in, it's quite fascinating to me because it's, I think Stefan said it earlier as well, but it's very collaborative. So when, when we had our first meeting, I think we met in some restaurant in Pretoria one night. I seem to remember that I had the flu or something like that. But anyways, and I asked them, you know, have you, have you got lots of experience? Have you built many apps? And they were sort of like, eh, not really, but we'll, we'll figure it out. You know? And I, I was initially a bit concerned about this. But really, that's, it's been very really impressive watching how they, they learn along the way. And it seems to be a, a, big, a big thing in the software development community is that if you run into some sort of problem, you paste your code on a, what do you call it, like a forum or notice board and, and people help each other out and they say, try this, try that. So that's been pretty amazing. Um, so often what happens is that we, I'll propose some feature that's, or some idea that's like completely, you know, at, at, at first um, I can see Stefan and Abby's faces full when they, when I propose this thing. You know, that it's going to be just impossible from a technical perspective. And then like a couple of hours later, I get a WhatsApp message saying, oh, yeah, no, we've, we've got a, a working beta version of this. You know, we must try and break it. They also, 
you know, they always saying we must try and break stuff. So we must click everywhere and click multiple times and see, you know, fiddle with this thing until it falls apart. And then, and, and then incredibly, that's then they get excited because then they got a bug that they can squish, right? So then they have to fix that in coding or in, in, in and you know, I've always got this nightmare that the whole thing is just going to crash. Everyone's phones are going to explode and it's just going to be chaos. And, and they're so calm about it, you know, they're like, oh no, it's fine. We're monitoring all the crashes and we've got all this data and we'll fix it as and when the problems arrive. You know, I, I don't know anything about the technical side. So for me, it's, it's, it's very nerve wracking, but they're taking it all in their stride. I think also, um, we mentioned earlier about those sort of personality tests, but it's been an interesting journey working with, uh, with Stefan specifically because he's so interested in the sort of human psyche. Um, you know, he's always reading about um, about this sort of aspect of it. And it's uh, it makes him a great sort of leader, team leader, to put together this team and each other, everyone's strengths complement each other. And um, it, it's been really fun working with these guys, even if they don't know anything about birds. But we, we're working on it. Jeez, there's so much more we can chat about and just sad that I've run out of time. But just as a last question, you know, we spoke about the, the costs and the subscription model and all that kind of thing. So what what is the cost of the app? And yeah, I know there's a, a monthly option and there's also a yearly option. So what is the, the cost of the app? And yeah, so people can go out and get it. Um, at the moment, we, we it's 79 rand per month, 80 bucks, so basically two coffees uh, per month. Um, and then if you want to pay yearly, um, you know, instead of monthly, then you, there's a bit of a saving. And then we're looking into uh, sort of family sharing options and, 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 and so on as well. But the app is available on a 30-month trial. So, I mean, you can check it out and uh, see what it's all about um, and then decide if you want to join us on this journey or, or not. Yeah, so thanks, um, Fancy and Stefan. It's been awesome to chat to you guys. Um, we might be doing a webinar soon also with you and people can ask questions there, but it's been really cool to chat to you guys. So thanks for your time. And thank you, Adam. Thanks, Adam. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at theburninglife.com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.